0: Hello and welcome to episode Eric Gribe of the Cost for Pointcast. I'm your co host, Trevor Shackles, joined as always by my fellow co host, Colin Cudmore. Since our last episode, our entire world has been flipped upside down and it's been pretty surreal. Colin, any opening thoughts about how we got here and what the landscape is like, both in the real world but also in the sports world? Man, everything is
1: canceled. It's, uh, it, you're right. It is surreal and it's still kind of setting in. Um, I mean, um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who 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 can say talk for a lot of people that we're all very stressed out right now, all very anxious and um, lots of uncertainty. I guess is the way to think about things right now. And I mean, we don't know what could be happening in the next two days, what in the next week, what in the next month. So um, this that's really going to be a big theme in, uh, in this episode. Is lots of uncertainty, about what's going to happen going forward? Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season, the rest of the with the draft anything really for and that goes for all sports at this point so yeah it, it's we're just really taking things one step at a time I guess but I guess we'll take today to talk about maybe talk about some hockey maybe talk about some other things whatever we're doing in uh in our uh newfound spare time so yeah, yeah I, I don't know how how are you holding up so far
0: yeah I I think it's been a collective longest week and a half like slash two weeks of of all of our lives um yeah you know like i can't believe that ottawa actually played a game a week and a half ago it's just so surreal to me um it's just it, it it seemed like everything sort of um everything sort of came up that one wednesday night when rudy gobert the nba player uh tested positive and then nba was shut down like five minutes later and then the next morning i guess nhl and pretty much everything else shut down as well um yeah it's 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 been weird um I know you know we're both students right now um there's a lot of uncertainty for both of us um in in terms of me in terms of my program we haven't really been told much uh what we're going to be doing the next couple months so that's definitely adding some some stress and um I'm sure a lot of people are feeling similarly whether they're at school or whether um whether their job is put on hold so um yeah it's definitely it's definitely not great but, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're still able to somewhat talk about sports and, and it's not going to be in a normal way because um, I remember I sent out a tweet maybe a week ago and it was talking about the um, I just thought it was it was funny to think about the implications of conditional draft picks for this season. If, yeah. if you know, the playoffs don't happen, um, you know, what happens with those conditional picks? I guess they just don't. The conditions don't meet or whatever and and someone replied saying something about oh like how can you be talking about this when there's people dying out there and you know i i don't like that line of thinking because that assumes that we can't talk about both i mean yes obviously this uh this pandemic is extremely you know it, it, it's scary and and there's there's people out there who are you know who are sick and there's been lots of people who are dying and it's it's not a fun time it's it's scary and um you know we're gonna have to get through this but at the same time i think it's important to not talk about that 24 7 and sort of have this safe haven where we can talk about normal things and you know reminisce over over sports because a lot of the times sports are are sort of our um our getaways from from things we don't want to think about so um yeah hopefully we can do that today and um yeah
1: yeah hopefully we can share some of our outlets uh that are that we're taking now now that we don't have sports but it's also just worth reminding everyone i know you've all probably heard this a million times but just make sure to keep social distancing uh trevor and i, I guess have been kind of pioneers for this for a while since we're uh socially distancing through our <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it, it's it's gonna be the necessary way to um uh, get through this and we're really just wishing the best for all of you uh, make sure you all stay safe but hopefully we can uh T- take a little bit of uh, relief off of that just by talking about some other uh stuff whether it be hockey or non-hockey related so do you want, do you want to start <laughs> just talking about the nhl for a bit yeah yeah well, what, what, what,
0: what, what's what, what's been happening with the nhl we don't even is there anything we can talk about i mean i mean there's something i think the most interesting thing um is sort of related to that draft pick talk it's just sort of like the implications of, of what's going to happen and you know, the NHL. They really have no idea, and I don't blame them. And lots of other leagues have no idea, too, because, um, you know, there's some people who are very optimistic that things could be back to normal by May or June, and and I don't think that's realistic or anything. Um, but there's a lot of different conting- contingency plans. Um, I think the the craziest thing about this, at least from Ottawa's perspective, is that they had two extremely clutch losses uh, to finish... Yeah you know, right, right before this, uh, this lockdown. Um, so now they have the second and third overall picks, um, or not, not the picks, but at least in terms of, um, seeding for the lottery and even the Islanders, although they are in a playoff spot by points percentage by actual points, they don't even, they weren't even in the playoffs. So, um, Ottawa was definitely in a extremely good position in terms of their draft picks, but like, I don't know. What are your inclinations as to what, how they're going to deal with the lottery?
1: I mean, as as I'm going to say a lot in this episode, I don't know. But uh, it, it'll. I mean, just the fact that the Suns are in this in this position. I mean, it'll, no matter how they look at it, unless they do something radical and just do every team gets equal odds, which I hope they really don't do, and it seems unlikely. But unless they go that extreme route, it seems like the Suns will have good chances to get good picks. And, and there will be draft picks made somehow, whether they do it uh, uh, over the phone, which is what we're seeing lots of other te- other leagues move to, especially mm-hmm. in the CHL. Uh, other leagues already are, have already confirmed that they're going to do over-the-phone draft. So um, at this point, it seems pretty likely that the NHL will do that. Um, but yeah, the draft lottery is supposed to be coming up fairly soon. I think it's April 9th is, was the date, but whether that goes through or not, we'll have to see given uh, whether the NHL season comes back or not. But yeah. Um, I mean, this, all we know is that the Suns really achieved their goal this year. Is they got uh, they, they they finished in a lower spot, and they even got uh, lucky a bit with San Jose not doing so well either, and potentially getting another good pick from the Islanders as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, either way, it still, it still seems like they're in a good place to get some uh, good picks in the draft. Um, how good? It's just a matter of how good those picks are going to be at this point. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to be two great players no matter what, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's still gonna be something we're gonna look forward to just uh scheduling and all of that's that's all up in the air at this point.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's important to note that no, they wouldn't be guaranteed the second and third picks, but I think the most important thing is that they they guarantee themselves if if they keep the the system the same where they can only move down three spots, that means the worst case scenario they're picking fifth and sixth, which is still maybe you're getting like, you know, jamie drysdale and marco rossi or you know yeah alex alexander holtz or, or lucas raymond like two of those players which is just insanity so um it's not necessarily about oh okay now they're guaranteed lafreniere or byfield no but they still have a really good shot at a, at least at least one of those guys so um but i i think it's it's quite you know you know if we look at it from a diff- different perspective so if we're looking at it from a team like say Tampa Bay who you know they want to win right now they've been trying for for quite a while now to to get that second cup if if the playoffs never happened this season wouldn't you as as the Lightning be saying okay well why aren't we included in the lottery like we didn't even get a chance to win the cup so we should be eligible for the lottery like don't you think some teams are going to argue that
1: yeah, it's definitely true, and I, I mean, uh, maybe they go for different weightings of odds, but uh, I, I don't know, I I, I just I think the Sens have some sympathy here too, and just the fact that they lost the season in, in the 2004-2005 lockout, and that was when they were in their prime years too, and the Sens yeah. really could have taken a shot at the cup that year, so I mean, I, not, I wasn't necessarily around following the Sens closely at that time, but at, I, I'm sure that many of the longer time fans can have some sympathy for those teams, at least uh, that... Uh, um, just get the season missed where they really could just be going for their Stanley Cup run and if if the season ends up getting cancelled and the playoffs get cancelled, which uh, I, I don't know, could happen. I mean, it's, uh, it's really too bad and it's fine to be sad about that, but we'll have to see what the implications are. And uh, do, do you actually remember what the implications were for that year? What the lottery ended up being like?
0: So it was based on the three previous seasons of um, like how good they were. Hmm. So if they did do that, then at least Ottawa would be in a good position because they've probably Very. been either the worst or second worst team over the past three seasons. Um, so at least their their odds would be good in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, I guess the San Jose pick maybe wouldn't be as good. Yeah, but... that's that's the thing. Mm. So yeah, I really hope they don't do that. Um, yeah, now one scenario I heard, um, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who brought it up was something pretty interesting. So, you know, there are some players who want to maybe resume the schedule in, say, July and then finish the Stanley Cup by, you know, end of September. But I think a more realistic approach where, you know, if we're we're expecting this to go through the summer, maybe, perhaps, uh, you know, things have settled down by the fall and you can resume this actual quote unquote season in October, finish the regular season, finish the last 11 games or whatever it was. Um, and then sort of have a condensed playoffs sort of like they did in 1213 where it was you know, probably fewer mm-hmm. off days, and then finish the finish the playoffs by the end of the year. and then you can resume the following season, maybe in say February or March, and have essentially like a lockout shortened season that year and maybe push Mm -hmm. a bit into July. um, Just so that I I feel like with that scenario, you know, you still preserve this season. Um, Obviously, I guess the draft would have to be pushed to like January or something. Um, And then the following season, sure. It's affected by the fact that it's shorter, but I don't think people look back at the 12, 13 season and, and think that was, you know, like a lost season or anything. I mean, the Blackhawks won the cup and they were probably the best team that year. So I think that scenario is, A, both realistic, and I think that's kind of fair, too.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the one thing I, I worry about that is is how other leagues get affected by it as well, because we've seen so many other leagues getting uh, just flat-out canceling the rest of their season, mm-hmm. and, if the Sen- and if the rest of the NHL tries to go for that kind of extended season and then a shortened season the next year, I, I don't see how many other leagues would try and follow that, because there are implications between players moving between leagues and especially with with draft draft eligible players too i, I wonder how, how they'd take to that so true um if, if they just want to cancel the season and hit the reset button on, on a new season and, and see where they go from there i could all i i personally see it as, as the most likely option just given how other teams or other leagues are handling it handling it at this point but um yeah i mean it, i wouldn't be opposed to that as well seeing actually seeing a team getting awarded the Stanley cup for, and, and not having to miss out on a year of playoffs. And of course there's so many different playoff formats that have been suggested to, I don't know if we're going to get into any of those. Cause I honestly have been following them, but
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it, it, again, it's just so many different options right now. Um, I guess the only thing really we know news wise for the Sens is that uh, they're, they're They continue to be pretty cursed and yeah. <laughs> they end up having the, the first two players in the NHL test positive for COVID-19. Um, I mean, of course, they were the first team, because it's, it's the Sens. Um, I mean, I, I just, I hope for, I hope that everybody around them is, is okay, too. Um, again, just a scary situation, and it is kind of unfortunate that they end up going ahead with these games on the West Coast, where it seems very likely that they ended up contracting this disease. So, yeah, any
0: thoughts on that, or should we just move on? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it's important to point out, too, is that there were eight total people that had symptoms and were being tested. So mm-hmm. it it could very likely be more than two. Um, I don't think all of them were necessarily players. Um, like some could be staff and um, potentially Broadcast what was a journalist maybe or something. Um, people around the team though. And yeah, there weren't any confirmed reports about who the player was. I know there was one Russian reporter saying it was Nikita Zaitsev, but that wasn't confirmed. So, i won't you know pretend like that's absolutely true yeah i don't know I, I i find it if the player wants
1: anonymity then i think that's totally fine as yeah. once the people around them know that that uh that they've come and talked talk with that person then i mean it, it should really just be left that
0: way mm-hmm. yeah but yeah you're totally right it's definitely unfortunate that uh that west coast trip west coast trip happened because it seems almost certain that if they didn't go there these players uh wouldn't have contracted it so um yeah you know hopefully hopefully people are seeing you know i i think it's important to when people see that oh famous people are actually getting this um getting this disease too i feel like they're taking it more seriously which it shouldn't have to to take that but you know hopefully people are realizing the seriousness of the situation now yeah for sure and uh, i think that's exactly what happened with the
1: nba too and what made them become the first league to just flat out cancel the rest of their their games or or postpone it rather Mm -hmm. when they found out that rudy gobert had it It, it's kind of unfortunate that that it took someone to actually get a case for them to go to those lengths especially given all the all the warnings that were coming from different uh from different sources around the world but uh yeah, it's at least at least things are being done right now, and I still think there still needs to be more done if we're really going to be taking this seriously. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to act like I'm I, I'm not going like, to act like I'm an expert in in this type of topic or anything. And yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and I I just wanted to say one thing too about um, another implication for this season. If if this season really is lost um, in terms of like no playoffs, how It it would just suck so much for teams that were really trying to go for it. Um, You know, I'm thinking of my local team here, the Vancouver Canucks, who traded a second and Tyler, or sorry, a second and Tyler Madden in order to get Tyler Toffoli, and you know that could be for nothing if they don't re-sign him. They they traded for a rental and they had him. You know, he was really good for what the ten games or whatever he was here for, Um, and yeah, like that. Those teams that traded for rentals, that's really got to be unfortunate.
1: Well, the Canucks weren't going to make it out the first round anyways. Let's be real. Oh, for
0: sure. But, you know, there, there, there's some teams <laughs> yeah. like besides them who traded for rentals that, uh, you know, it, it, at least a team like the Islanders who gave up a lot for Peugeot, at least they re-signed him too. But um, yeah, there were definitely others out there.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we should move into uh, a bit of a non-hockey segment at this point, just because you got to fill some space somehow. <laughs> but, and, and because we're all in the same situation right now, or we're all in support situations right now, we're, we all got a bit more spare time on our hands, except for those essential workers who, um, for all the essential workers, massive thank you to all of you uh, for all the work that you're putting in, if you're listening. Um, just a massive, massive yes. thank you for, for everything that you're doing right now. But for all of us who have a bit more spare time on our hands, um, we're just going to talk a bit about how we're spending it. So do you want to start us off with how you're uh, spending your quarantine time?
0: yeah I mean, well, yesterday I downloaded uh, downloaded this baseball game on my computer. Um, I'm sure some listeners uh, have this as well. out of the park baseball it's it's honestly an insane game. The amount of detail in it is just crazy. So it, it's essentially just um, you can be the the manager slash general manager for for any team in baseball. It could be in the major leagues, could be in the minor leagues, could be in Japan. there's they have like every league in the world. Um, you know, you could run the, uh, the budget. You can do the international scouting. You can. I even Damn. created my own ballpark last night. It's just super fun. Um, very good time waster. And I never felt like I had much time before. So that was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. What was your next one? Oh, I think we just discovered recently that we have a bit of a shared love for Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be a game that i return to every now and then and uh been returning it to it lately as well um have you ever looked into the cheats for the game have you ever tried those
0: out john d rockefeller
1: yeah have and you done that uh, one? james hunt is my favorite one wait what was that one have you ever tried james hunt that's the one where you uh for those who don't know Rollercoaster tycoon 3 it's, it's, it's like a theme park building game and there are all these people who walk around and if you change one of their names, uh, you can. It's like a cheat code, basically. Yeah. And uh, one of them, if you if you type in James Hunt, then you get, like, this ATV that you can ride around in the park. What? And run into guests <laughs> and stuff like that. You, oh yeah, you got to try that one out. That, that's oh, that's, that's my favorite one. So.
0: But, yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I sent that screenshot um, the other day of my old park from, like, two years ago. I, like, I was pretty much done it, though, so I didn't really play around with it too much because at that point, it's like, ah, I don't even know what else to add. Um, but, yeah, like, there's so many things um you can do I I had like a massive waterfall in the middle. Did you notice the the slide on the far right? That's like literally the highest slide you can make. I did. I noticed that <laughs> one. Yeah. Do you do similar things?
1: Yeah, I I had the ex- expansion packs for the uh water parks and the zoo as well. Yeah, same. So yeah, so yeah, you can make these uh super high roller coasters and and of course when they explode too, it's all the more fun. So <laughs>
0: no one of the questions um from a listener i forget who it was um was saying actually oh no here it is it's from jeremy crow he says do you do you use i don't know what that means prefab prefab coasters prefabricated okay okay yeah or or is he saying uh do you do custom ones so what do you do custom or do you uh do you just have the pre-made custom custom all the way
1: man that's the whole that's the whole fun of the game right
0: I guess so. I find it so difficult yeah. though.
1: That, that that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel <laughs> like I could I could spend hours upon hours just perfecting this, the, the perfect coaster. And the best part is when you can like incorporate it into the scenery too. Like if you build a castle or something like that, and uh, you can make a coaster. I remember my favorite park that I've ever made was an indoor park where I made Ooh. a whole massive building all around this this uh, this park and had these indoor coasters. And uh, all these indoor rides and all these different stories you could have
0: the peeps go through. Wait, so. how'd you do it indoor? You mean uh, like like you just raised the the ground? You mean?
1: Uh no, you you actually can have all these uh, different scenery like different scenery walls and all these different buildings that you can make, oh. like custom built. So yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and, and I'll send a screenshot on Twitter. And damn yeah, yeah. and you said you had like a castle and stuff. Yeah, man, it, it, all these uh, custom buildings. It's like spending hours upon hours in in uh in my middle school years so that was
0: like that was that was it <laughs> damn yeah and i mean i've yeah. i've done some scenery stuff but more just like you know like mountains or or like a true um what <laughs> i normally do is like a lake on top of a not really like a mountain but like a just like a raised yeah. <laughs> surface um yeah it's weird that like because i think this game came out what in like two thousand seven or eight or something like it's pretty old oh man yeah 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 it's, it's a bit of an older one but
1: uh, yeah. it's one of those games that i find myself coming back to every few years or so so
0: oh yeah usually like when i'm bored i just you know re download it and uh just go to town <laughs> i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a
0: bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Yeah, and I see you in my notes you mentioned one other one other video game. Do you want to mention that?
0: oh yeah Wii sports um <laughs> so the i just classic. uh yeah that's um i was mainly doing some bowling um which man i couldn't i couldn't perfect it i, I was kind of frustrating but um yes yeah, so Wii we bowling definitely some baseball baseball is pretty fun especially when you get the uh it's out of the park <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah what, what's what's your favorite ones from we sports
1: oh tennis easily uh, that's that's always the classic i find so
0: yeah tennis is good too yeah yeah, yeah the one, but tennis the... and baseball bowling yeah all the classics yeah. Yeah. i never do the golf though i feel like i never get to that
1: yeah not that I do i just, especially the putting can be very finicky i, 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 yeah. I remember yeah
0: so. um anyways and you're... We're, we're, we're just
1: just a couple of Wii sports fans uh, do you ever use Wii sports resort
0: I have it. Yeah, I haven't played that in a long time. I kind of wanted to break yeah, that's, that out.
1: That's, yeah, but, I mean, Wii
0: Sports is the classic. Yeah, because what did they even have? I can't even remember. Like, I know there was, like, a flying one. I think there was, like, basketball there's, and stuff. There's wakeboarding.
1: There's table tennis. There's... Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff. That's, yeah, and that's pretty cool. I, I, I see one other thing on the list. I want you to explain this one.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so I need to... I need explain. to explain I need to explain myself and and preface this. So okay, so when Vine was a thing, um, you know, that was I loved that app. I was on it all the time. Um, for people who don't know, it was just like these six second um looping videos that were mostly um comedy. Didn't always have to be, but they were just like good short skits with you know sometimes people would be doing it. Um, just with themselves or sometimes with other people just like a lot of random videos and now i would say essentially the new vine is tiktok and it's hilarious because most people um that would see it mainly would just see like the you know teenagers doing these stupid dances and and all these songs um because it's It used to be Musical.ly, which was just sort of like lip syncing and dancing and stuff. It was not a good app. Um, But it has an algorithm so that like if you, when you go on your main page and you start liking certain videos, you'll see more of those videos. So pretty much my entire feed is just funny videos um, and they're anywhere between like five seconds and a minute long. Um, So I would recommend getting it for people who are bored and want to listen to, or not listen to, uh, uh, watch some funny videos. Um, yeah, some of it is like you need to know sort of like the meme or the trend or whatever. Um, but yeah, I stand by it. TikTok is good. Man, I, I don't
1: understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the podcast boomer over here. I'm just going to stick to Twitter and, <laughs> and stay in my lane. <laughs> uh, you just got to avoid the dances, Colin. That's all. All right. Uh, I'll I'll give I'll give it a shot and report back next episode. All right. Okay. Good. Good. (laughs) All right. And uh, the last thing or one of another thing that uh, uh, I know you've been occupied with on Twitter is the best name bracket.
0: And I
1: don't know if you want to share some of your favorites and just explain what's going on.
0: Yeah. So on on Monday uh, I started. So I I wanted to do a bracket with um, the best names in the NHL. So my followers are um, voting on who they think has the best name in, in the NHL. So, um, the only easy way to do it in terms of like, quote unquote, seating people was to put them in divisions. So I came up with 16 names for each division, um, which was tough by the way. I mean, I definitely had to take some, take some good names out. Um, especially from the Atlantic and the Metro Pacific wasn't as great. I had to put some okay ones in there but um yeah so there are some really good names right now there are I think 24 names left um, voting I think it was yeah for the west in the second round is going on right now so I mean there's some really good ones I know it seems like a lot of people were high on Greg McKaig. um oh man yeah <laughs> that's, that's yeah, a really good favorite. one yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's my favorite he's definitely up there It's it's tough um, Rudolph Balsers. It's just Balcers, so fun to say. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, Rudolph say it five times. Yeah. <laughs> Greg McKegg.
1: Greg McCaig. <laughs> Greg McCaig. Greg McKaig,
0: Greg McKaig, Yeah. Gregory McCaig. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Balsers is, you know, definitely getting the Senator's bump. He destroyed Rasmus for Stalinen, which I was kind of surprised with. I thought that would be a closer matchup. Um, but now he's going to be facing off against Zemeckis Gergensens, which I don't, if he wins that one, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that's just some senators bias. Um, cause I think Gergensens could, could honestly win it all. But, um, yeah, there were some other really good ones. Um, yeah. wait, sorry, what'd you say? Aren't they both Latvian too? Or it could yeah, be, they are. There. I mean, there was a bunch of Latvians. I had, um, Teddy Bluger, but he's out. Um, right. Oh, against, against the Yeah. Yeah, tough some tough ones there. Because uh, Elvis Merzlikens, he lost to Kap- uh, Kapokako, another great name. <laughs> um, like Nino Niederreiter was out in the first round, which I thought he was going to go far. It was like Cal Clutterbuck. Um, who else? Kristen Juice. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, Rupe Hints. Oh, Rupe Hints. That's good. Andreas um, Yeah, they're, We're they're just, just saying these for the sake of saying these there. at this
1: point. Pardon, we're just saying these for the sake of saying these at this point. They're just fun to say. Oh, they're so much fun!
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I had I had someone say something that like it sounds like I'm just making fun of European and Scandinavian names, which no, I'm not. I'm I'm literally saying saying that these names sound cool. Like these are are really cool names. Um, and some of them, sure, like Greg McHagg, that just is fun to say. Um, but still, like. A name like Zemgus Gergensens, thats super cool. So I'm not—I'm not making fun of it. And obviously, like in Europe, that probably sounds a lot more normal. But that's the whole point—it's perspective. So, um, who's? Well, let's let's take a bet. Who's your bet to win it all? Uh, for the man, last 24 names. Man, Greg McHague all the way. He's, Greg he's my, hes my guy. Yeah. Okay. He's got a place in my heart. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, how about you? I'm gonna. Okay. Let me look at the list. Let's see. Um, oh boy! Right now, Christian Juice is exactly tied with Athanasiou with one hundred twenty-six votes. Hmm. Um, this is tough. I'm gonna go with. Oh. See, I don't know if I want to pick Gergensen because I feel like Balsers might beat him just because sense fans. <laughs> <laughs> I. Like, see, Greg McKegg is facing off against Kako next round, so. i I, i'll go with kako actually i i think i think he can go pretty far yeah that's that's true
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, i'm just i'm just noticing one upset too uh i didn't realize that Kaspari kapanen beat
0: carson coolman i know right
1: who who wouldn't vote for a guy named coolman like yeah
0: cool man and it's and carson is with the k too so (laughs) yeah damn anyways yeah but yeah anyway um if if you haven't voted on those things, um, you can do that on my Twitter, at shackts I'm doing those every day. The polls usually close um, around, like, 9 or 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern. And those will be going on for almost the next week or so. Um, yeah, on, as of Sunday, we were in round two. So there's still 24 names left. But, yeah. Totally.
1: So, do you want to move back to hockey for a bit? Let's just talk, let's yeah. talk about... We, we kind of touched on this already, but the NHL draft, it's going to be hard not to talk about while we while we take this time off. But, I mean, the, the, just because there's going to be so many... Just because the Sens have are likely to be going to have great picks, I mean, it's hard not to talk about these players. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, is there any, any players you want to maybe touch on about the draft so far?
0: Yeah, I know. I, I mean... I saw that you listed um, the fact that Stutzla has has recently passed Lucas Raymond for number three on on the list. And I think that's interesting. I would definitely be, um, I would be pretty ecstatic with getting Stutzla anywhere between like three and six or seven, honestly. But I I was sort of interested to see what are your rankings in terms of preference for Senators picks. So maybe like the top. Well, I guess six, if we're assuming that Ottawa's going to have two picks in the top six. So, yeah, who would you, who'd you go with from from one to six, if you're the Senators?
1: Sure, yeah. So my number one, uh, I'll start with Alexis Lafreniere. I mean, he's just so well rounded in his game. I mean, it's, it's hard not to say he's the number one choice at this point. Uh, my number two is Quinton Byfield, which I'm still keeping him there. I mean, he just had such a monstrous year in the in the. OHL after uh, being after not exactly meeting expectations in his D minus one so I, I know he's actually been um I know I know there's been a couple other players who have been moving into the two spot for some people but byfield for me is still that number two pick um, number three so yeah I, I mentioned that or uh, I track these expected range where I keep these consolidated rankings from all these public sources and Lucas Raymond's been holding on to the number three spot for a long time but tim stutzla after rising and rising and rising has finally passed Lucas raymond for number three in the consolidated rankings and personally for me i think he's he's up there too at number three for number three is tim stutzla um i mean he, he's such a speedy player and such an all well-rounded player especially in the offensive zone and the fact that he's been able to do what he's he's done against pro competition even though it's just in the german league which isn't the strongest league um i mean he he, he He's really fit to play NHL next season. And, and the same can be said for Lafreniere and Byfield. But, I mean, Stussela as well. He has just such a, an NHL-ready skill set offensively. He's just so explosive in that way. And my uh, number four, I'm going to stick with Lucas Raymond here. I know he's been moving down some lists for some people. But, um, again, he played against pro competition this year. And uh, he really just didn't get the good chances that he deserved by his coaches. And I think that's really kind of bump down his draft stock a bit but i mean it, it's it's impossible to ignore that he just has such a um a dynamic skill that his hands are incredible he can see the offensive zone so well he's, he's a fantastic playmaker um so yeah lucas raymond still the number four in my books and number five this is where i start to go against the consolidated rankings a bit but my number five is marco rossi i'm gonna stick with the forwards ottawa 67s forward uh he's small but I, I i legitimately think he'll be nhl ready too just because um his lower body is so strong that like he just can't be knocked off the puck which is incredible for someone who who's um as small as, as rossi is and i mean he he's if you're looking at different models as well about uh uh judging like like predicted nhl points and stuff like that rossi's his right up there with lafreniere and, and byfield in, in terms of uh in terms mm-hmm. of offensive output, expected offensive output. So um Rossi's my number five. Uh, number six is Jamie Drysdale, first defenseman on the list, um, rounding out the top six. Uh, but yeah, he's clearly the number one defenseman in the in this draft by a Mile and it actually wouldn't surprise me if he gets taken third overall in this draft or fourth, just because he's like the defenseman and, and of course the Sense if they get one of those picks they'll need a, a an elite right shot defenseman too and Drysdale could be that. So um, that's my top six. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I could go on and on and on about this, but like Wendell <laughs> Perfetti, Holtz, uh, Connor Zari, Austin Mercer. I mean, there's so many great players that I could, I could talk about here. But uh, in terms of the top six, though, there is, it's also worth mentioning that all these six players would probably be top three picks in most years, in most in most drafts. They're, they're mm-hmm. th- it's just that good at the top of the draft. So just um, yeah. keeping that in mind, if I say Drysdale is sixth overall, that's like. Massive compliment, still like he, he'd yeah, it it just speaks to how deep, especially the top of this draft is. So, the fact that the Sens are likely going to have two picks there is like phenomenal,
0: right? And, And I think that I think most people would probably prefer to have the two forwards, um, but at the same time, like you know, if they end up getting say Raymond and Drysdale, I'd still be pretty ecstatic to get a guy like Drysdale because that's sort of um that really shores up the right side then because you're not totally reliant on Bernard Docker and Lassie Thompson turning out to be NHL players. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of the guys that you didn't even mention um, in the top six, at least you mentioned him afterwards, like Cole Perfetti, he's got 111 points in 61 games. So, like, that's the guy who, you know, like you're saying, could easily be in the top five in other years. Um, sort of overlooked, honestly. Um, I'm assuming, were there, like, some questions about his defensive game or something?
1: Um, he's just not as, uh, he's not as explosive as a skater. Um, but I don't really hold that against him. I, I still think that, like, he has the tools there to improve it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Cobra he's, he's ninth right now on the consolidated list, and to me, that's, uh, st- uh I I'd say it's underrated, but I mean, just looking at the people ahead of him, it's still hard to put him <laughs> ahead of those those players. And again, yeah. he could be a top five pick in most years. And so, yeah, it's just absolutely wild how deep this top of this draft is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and also, and one thing. Sorry, one one thing I'll add is is that it, because the sense we'll have like we have these top two picks, it'll be interesting to see how they can how they end up pairing these position wise. I mean, it's if they end up picking a center in Byfield and they could pair him with a winger like Stutzla or, or Holtz and that could be like actually two thirds of the top line for the team's next decade and a half and just incredible to think about what this could mean for the team's future down the line and, and how they're really forming this team from, from the get-go or maybe they have Stutzla plus Rossi or something like that and I I could just think of that as like ugh, the, 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 like the rest of the division needs to watch out for that so yeah. yeah, and
0: like I think best case scenario, um, you don't want to draft for position, but I think the best yeah. case scenario is they end up with a center and a winger because, like you said, that can be two thirds of of a first line. Um, but yeah, and and I think it's important to to mention that someone like Rossi, um, he's obviously a bit older considering he's a two thousand and one yeah. birth year, but I mean if you if you look at his stats, so if we pretend like last year is his draft year um he still had 65 points in 53 games and so if this was his draft plus one year we would still be talking about him as this insanely good prospect who had more than two points a game so um i i wouldn't totally like hold that against him
1: even if it was draft plus two year he'd probably get second round consideration it's absolutely wild but uh but yeah i mean it's just incredible i I, i'm a fan of rossi I'm, i'm sure it'll be nice to see uh um, how Suns fans have been able to get to know him this past season as well, just because he's been playing in Ottawa too and for the 67s. So um, people know him a bit more intimately than guys like Stutzla and Raymond. But uh, So that would be cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. It- it'll be hard for the Suns to make any bad picks this year, but mm-hmm. I don't want to say that and jinx it. But
0: Yeah, and I mean, who knows when this draft is actually going to happen. I feel like-, feel like it won't be in June just because there'll be you know, hoping that they can finish the season at some point, like maybe in the fall or something like that. Um, so who knows when it's going to be, which kind of sucks, honestly, the fact that we've got to wait a lot longer. Um, but obviously it'll it'll be worth it in the end because, like we've been saying, Ottawa's going to end up with two insanely talented players.
1: Totally. All right, shall we start going to the listener questions?
0: Yeah, let's do it. There was, so there was one that we answered already about Roller Coaster Tycoon, um yeah but another right, i'll one... get this
1: one for... okay yeah take it yeah I'll... I'll start this one from from uh from kelly at that hockey loss so do you want to recommend some of your favorite books video games and tv shows or movies for people to try and enjoy while they're stuck at home so, do... so we, we talked talk about video games already any, any favorite books yeah. or tv
0: shows oh boy um let's see well tv shows um I don't um, I don't have Amazon Prime or like the the streaming service or whatever so I wouldn't be able to stream it but um, Parks and Rec is an insanely good show same same creator as the office so if you love if you love the office you'll love Parks and Rec um, what else I'm trying to think of recent things I watched um, Oh definitely sex education on Netflix that's an amazing um, British comedy um, about uh, these high school kids who are, you know, just going through puberty and it's, it's really, it's really funny, but it's also very informative and it's, it's, it sends really good messages. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that, um, if you have Netflix as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Uh, so I'll put this right out there. I'm not a cinephile in the slightest. I really don't <laughs> know much TV or movies at all. So um, I'll recommend a book. Uh, for a hockey book, at least um, from Ryan Stimson, uh, tape to space. Um, and fant- like, it's like the magnum opus right now of a hockey analytics writing. I-, I find at least because it not only incorporates just analytics, but it's also all about, it's all about incorporating coaching strategies and data as well, just as like even more than analytics and making database decision makings into, uh, in- into uh, new strategies and-, and where hockey could be going in the future and, it talks about like why why working the power play from behind the net is is a much better strategy for example and there's so much gold in there that i mean i've read it a couple times already but and and i think it's a couple years old now which is kind of crazy to to think at least for me but Mm. if you if you have the chance to order that and support a a fellow uh uh hockey data enthusiast then i'll give that one a recommendation
0: yeah i can't uh I can't say I've read too many books like for pleasure over the over the past couple years just very fair mainly because I've been doing so much reading for like classes and then I just get like so turned off by the reading but um, yeah I can't really say I have a a good book recommendation but um, I like your recommendation there Um, was there another one or like from her besides books and shows
1: uh i I think that's all
0: okay so next one comes in from tate fraser he says who do you guys look at as a comparable for josh norris in terms of play style and where do you see him fitting in ottawa um and he's got a question after that but i guess we can tackle this one first
1: um i i mentioned this in a previous episode which was kind of like a more ceiling comparison but i feel like a stylist comparison to logan couture also could have made more sense for josh norris in terms of, of they're both reliable two-way players but they also have the offensive skill set to be able to hold it on a on a top six line with with uh, as both playmaker and as someone who can just drive to the net and and get stuff done to the centerman so um he may maybe not the perfect comparison um but in terms of where josh norris has progressed to this season and how he continues to just go up he has an upwards trend right now um I mean that that's kind of the comparison I've been using mentally. I mean I I'm not really one for using comparisons mostly just because I feel like players are very unique most of the time. But um, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of been a bit useful to me at least.
0: No, I like that comparison. I I hadn't thought of that one. But he yeah, because Couture isn't really like someone you think of as necessarily a top center. But yeah, you can you can put him on your first or second line and, and you'll be fine. So if he turns into that, I think we'll all be pretty ecstatic. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, second part of his question, he says, uh, do you think Ottawa should trade for a young right-handed defenseman who can play with Shabbat? And he goes, uh Carlo are guys I thought could make sense as trade options.
1: Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I just wonder what they'd have to give back in return for that. I, I'd rather just see them try and go for someone through the draft at this point and, uh, and just try and build in terms of, of that age group. Um, I mean, if they're trading picks to get someone like that, I just don't really see the point at this point. Um, I don't know, if they can get someone decent for cheap, I know Colin Miller is, is I don't know, I, he's not necessarily the youngest guy right now, but I mean, he's very underrated around the league, I find. So if they could pick up him for a late round pick, I'd be, I wouldn't be against that at all. But somewhat, yeah. someone like Ekblad on his type of contract, I just don't really see him as a fit in Ottawa. <laughs>
0: Well, and also, I don't I don't think Boston would be willing to give up Carlo anyway unless it was, like, for a huge package. True. Yeah, very cheap. I mean, those uh, guys aren't, aren't... They're not th- easy to, to find either, so it'd be tough.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's, it's all about building through the draft at this point for the Sens, so I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the best option. Uh, this one comes in from Joe at Slow Hands. Um So he's linked us to a tweet from Brian Lawton talking about... Um, the American hockey league playing to uh, cancel the rest of the, rema- r- the remainder of the regular season uh, and possibly the playoffs. Um, but he's just wondering what the long-term effects on this might be on players development.
0: Yeah. So we, we sort of touched on this a bit, but it's yeah. I mean, I haven't seen too many people talk about it, um, but every so often I'll, I'll think about it and I think, oh, that just sucks. The fact that, you know, Belleville was going to win their division and they were, they had a really good chance at winning the entire thing, winning the Calder Cup. And, you know, that was the entire plan um, for Dorian and, and the front office for all these young guys to be playing in the playoffs and have that playoff experience. So, you know, is that going to be the difference between them being NHL players and not being NHL players? No, but I think it would have been good experience. So, um, I, I, you know, maybe maybe that has takes a bit of a hit in terms of their confidence or something like that um and yeah i mean for other leagues it's really hard to say at this moment um we sort of have to know if we knew the end date of when things were going to go back to normal then we would probably have a better answer but um yeah i don't know do you have anything to add to that
1: yeah not really and i guess the same the same can maybe be said for north dakota as well and how they are to go on, on a long run too yeah um, and and the three prospect the sense have there but yeah it, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what how a long playoff run will impact developments I mean you look at the 2011 Belleville playoff run and it's not we didn't exactly get all-stars coming out of there <laughs> out of that run but mm-hmm. I, I mean of course this year is a bit different because it centered more around young players so but i don't know i mean it it would have been super nice and it would have been an awesome distraction for us to see bell go on a deep run but besides that i'm not really sure it will have too much of an impact at least but yeah
0: yeah hopefully not um next one comes in from jamie um he says i can easily see a situation where ottawa would have 10 to 20 million left to reach the cap floor which they'll definitely have some room i don't know about that much um he says, "Who should they target with that space? Should they go big game hunting for the likes of Hall, Krug, or Petrangelo?" Um, probably not. <laughs> I don't think
1: so. I feel like the way, <laughs> s- similar to the answer to the to looking for a right shot defenseman, it'll probably be a matter of building through the draft. And we know Melniks. Melnick, Melnick's pretty cheap at this point. I mean, we we can talk a bit about uh, how we stepped up at least to pay his workers. I mean, good on him for yeah. doing that. Um, but uh, we know that. The Sens definitely still have an internal an internal budget, and they'll just keep extending their young players in their RFA years until they can't pay them anymore, and then probably trade them unless something else changes. So that that's pretty much how I see it going at this point. They'll probably try and get Brady Kachuk an extension, which, which would be nice to see. Um, but I, I don't see them having ten to twenty million to hit the cap floor. I don't think I, I don't I don't think it's quite that tight, I, especially if. If especially with the NHL losing revenue right now, it looks like the salary cap may not even go up much next year, if at all. So, mm, yeah, um, I don't, I don't really see that being a problem for them.
0: Yeah, the um, when I did a, a mock uh, roster for next season, um, there was definitely some money they had to spend. Like I spent a bit on Matthias Yanmark in the bottom six, and uh, oh, there was a right-handed defenseman. I think oh I think it was uh Trevor Van Van Riemsdyk. Um so I think they'll have to spend a like a bit of money and maybe like 4 or 5 million dollars or something. Um but I mean maybe even someone like um Milan Lucic can be an option just so that they eat his money and maybe they can buy him out. Then again, this is Melnick we're talking about, so Lucic still has 3 years left on his deal. Um I think that would be a good hockey decision because they could probably get like a first-round pick for that but yeah it would be they'd be eating a lot of money so um they might have to just sign a couple free agents sort of of that ilk of that Yanmark and maybe tvr ilk well
1: like they did like they did like they did with tyler ennis and and, uh exactly ron hainsey that's pretty much how it's gonna be i see uh next one comes in from alex s if ottawa only has one one of the two picks uh, what would you hope to have as, as the best combo, uh, Lafreniere? I think we kind of talked about this, but who would be your ideal choice as as top two picks right now for the Sens?
0: So okay, so if we only have,
1: let's say okay, they have, let's... I don't know, let's let's say they have, I don't know, like second and fourth.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, it would be Byfield, and so if they got Byfield, like I would prefer to have a winger in in combination with that. So I mean I've seen because it hasn't Stutzla been playing all over the place? Like can he play center and the wing?
1: Yeah he could. although he's he's been playing more winger I, I believe. Yeah. But he could so play I'd, both.
0: I, I think Byfield and stutzler if you got Byfield Stützler at two four that would be insane.
1: Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with that. And if Stutz was not available, then then that's when you probably go for maybe someone like Jamie Drysdale. Or hey, if if you even go for Marco Rossi at that point and get two centers, I mean, I wouldn't be complaining either. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if they if they got Lafreniere first and then pick third or fourth, um, you know, maybe they can get Rossi as well. Like, like getting Lafreniere and Rossi would be incredibly good as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next question comes in from Alex M. Uh, just a heads up. I don't know how good we're, I don't know how well we're going to be able to answer this one. But he asks <laughs> uh, best, best places to eat in Ottawa and I'll, I'll start because I, I don't i just don't eat out that much i don't know um i mean i i can't even think of places and any place in vancouver you want to recommend to vancouver listeners? <laughs> <laughs> well i'm
0: sure um oh man you know i i would say once once this this pandemic is all over definitely come to vancouver it's a very be- beautiful place um yeah if you like mexican food um Taco fino and um, La Taqueria are two of the best places um man I'm trying to think besides that like those are such those are two go-to's for sure um I don't know there, there's so many places in Yaletown for anyone that, that's been here um, kind of like a, a trendy area um, I don't know I'm blanking caught me off guard. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, sorry, Alex, we can't really answer your question. <laughs> I mean, I replied to him, and I said, that'll be a one-sided discussion, just because... I mean, I've been to yeah, Ottawa, I'll... but... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> All right. It's so uh, not the, the best discussion. This, <laughs> uh, this next one comes in from Chris, and I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about this one either, but he asks uh, about the unappreciated greatness of Donkey Kong 64. Uh, have you, are you familiar with that
0: game? Eesh. uh. Haven't played it. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Neither have I. But okay, I'll,
1: I'll see when it comes when it comes to Nintendo, Mario Kart Wii. That's that's the elite game. That's oh that's yeah. The go-to.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, I was playing that the other night too. So fun. Uh,
1: yeah. There, there, <laughs> if we're talking video games here, I've actually been playing that that quite a bit too. But there's a, a free mod you can get online, um, where you get 200 plus custom tracks from Mario Kart Wii. There's additional game modes like you know 200 what? CC where you can go faster. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it brings back online play too. Man, yeah, uh, I'll uh, oh, damn. Yeah, I, I I've been on there a fair amount. So, uh, and <laughs> not Doc, not Donkey Kong 64, but <laughs> going off of on a, a bit of a tangent, but yeah, uh, Nintendo Nintendo games are good. I'll, I'll 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 stick to you on that.
0: Yeah. Um... Next one comes in from Habs fan logic. Uh, we sort of touched on this, so it can be a bit quicker. But he says concerns about Profetti and Rossi's speed. It might be tough to find a place in the league if you're both small and slow these days, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, they're 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 small, but they're not slow. I mean, they, skating they don't just have that electric. They don't have the electric speed of someone like uh, Tim Stutzla or or I don't know who else. Lafreniere even or even Byfield, I guess. But it's it's never really been a struggle to me. I I'm, given how little they've been able to struggle with it in the CHL, I don't really see how it becomes a problem for them in the, in the NHL at this point. And given especially especially Rossi, I feel like he just can't get knocked off the puck. That um, it really just isn't going to be an issue for him. Um, maybe Perfetti, if you, I'd probably recommend he still works on it a bit more at least, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned about their their skill level. At least, I feel like that's going to be more than enough to get them by in the in the NHL.
0: Hmm. Well said. Yeah. Um. So there's two more. Um, second last one comes in from our old pal Ross. He says if the NHL decided to just do a bracket style playoffs with all 31 teams, and he says give Bruins a bye first round or something to make it work. Do the Sens win a game? around i mean probably not you don't think they win one game
1: i i mean they could win a game but (laughs) a series i don't know
0: so they would play either boston or who was second i think st louis was second
1: yeah i i don't see i don't like the chances against that especially in a series well definitely not a series
0: they wouldn't be winning a series but i think they would win at least one game
1: yeah, I mean, the, the odds are in their favor to win at least one just because the NFL was exactly. random that way. But Exactly, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if, if it's just one game, then really what's the point of even showing up? So. Yeah.
0: It, well, I think it would it would be just like the uh, 12-13 series against the Penguins where they gave like a bazillion goals. They barely won game three by coming back oh, yeah. in the last minute and then winning in overtime and then got destroyed in game four and five. I feel like it would be like that
1: yeah and who knows maybe brady kachuk brings back the pesky sends to and they win uh maybe oh, they make baby. it close a bit but <laughs> yeah um but that, that's optimistic thinking
0: yeah last one comes in from um alan he says would now be a good time for eugene to do another Bora hostage interview video
1: yeah absolutely not
0: <laughs> that, that's that, that, that's not good social distancing either true that's yeah you got to be you got to be sending the right messages
1: yeah, gotta be uh, at least two meters apart, and and hopefully Mount it can be at least hundred meters apart from Suns fans and yeah. the media. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. As long, well, as, long as, as
1: long as he's paying his workers, which thank goodness that yes. he he's
0: doing that. Yeah, so we'll give him we'll give him credit where where credit is due. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily it shouldn't have been a hard decision, but you know at least yeah. he he did that. Um, but yeah, you know, before we wrap up, is there anything? you know, one last message to, to our listeners before we finish up here? Or? Just stay safe, everyone. Um, we're
1: all in this together. Um, we're all feeling very stressed and anxious about this. So we're, we're, right there along with you and, uh, just hoping for the best for everyone. And, uh, yeah, just stay tuned for, for more draft content, I guess. Yeah. Great right.
0: pivot there at the end, but <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely agree with all everything that Colin said there and thanks for listening. As I wrap it up, reminder that you can find the Cost Per Pointcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you really enjoy it, you can rate and review the podcast on those platforms as well. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS, and you can follow Colin on Twitter at cudmorecolin, and also read his articles at Silver7Sends. If you want to submit a listener question for an upcoming episode, send us a message at CPPointcast on Twitter, where you'll get any updates about the show. Stay safe out there, and please, please practice social distancing. We'll get through these tough times eventually. That's all for today, adios.